You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. episode number 392. Question number two, what happens if I give you my house, Brent, and I sell it to you for 175 and then next year the house is only worth 125 Are you going to walk away and leave the mortgage in place? And the answer to that question, do you want me to go on the answers? Yes. The answer to that question is, I'm not buying your house based on value. Mm-hmm. If I was buying your house based on value, I would have offered you 90 grand like the other guys did. Right. I'm offering you the price that you're asking because you're giving me the terms that I'm asking. I'm not buying on value. I'm buying on cash flow. Love it. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. Hey guys, Cody Hoffheim here. Before we get going with today's episode, I want to remind you about the contest going for the whole month of March. Now, I want you to ask yourself this question. What would it do for your business? What would it do for your wholesaling business slash career if you could just spend two full days with Tom Kroll down in sunny Florida and have him really dissect your business plan, your model, and make sure that you're really on track to dominate your market? Well, for the whole month of March, guys, we're doing a special ratings and review contest where we're going to pick three lucky winners to go head down to sunny Florida. That's right. We're going to take care of all of your flights, all your accommodations, and you're just going to simply spend two full days with the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Tom Kroll himself in sunny Florida. Now, what do you have to do? It's heading over to iTunes and rating and review. So rate and review this podcast, five stars, please. And then simply just take a screenshot of the review and send it over to Darren at wholesalinginc.com. That's Darren, D-A-R-R-I-N, at wholesalinginc.com. And then ultimately, if that's not enough, the three of you, by hanging out with Tom and with one another, Tom is also going to put you in the hot seat and have you featured on this podcast as well. So head on over to iTunes, do a rating and a review, and simply take the screenshot, send it over to Darren at wholesalinginc.com. Darren, D-A-R-R-I-N at wholesalinginc.com. Now let's keep going with today's episode. Welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast, America's number one podcast for new real estate investors, where finding discounted properties is the most proven path to financial freedom. I am your host, Brent Daniels, Mr. TTP, and I am telling you, if I can do it, so can you. Let's get started. It is my absolute pleasure, and it has been too long uh, coming to have Pace Morby here on the podcast with me today. Pace, say hello to everybody. Guys, thank you for having me. Thank you, thank you. I really appreciate you, bro. So guys, if you are not familiar with Pace, you should be. Pace has an incredible Instagram where he is literally going on appointments showing the exact process that he takes to do, what, two, three, four deals a week? Um, we are probably averaging seven deals a week, but half, a little bit more than half of those are wholesale. And then another portion of those are creative finance, creative finance deals. And we're going to deep dive this because we get that this is becoming more and more and more what 
people are asking us to talk about right. on the podcast and on the YouTube channel. If you want to watch us, make sure if you're just listening to the podcast, make sure you go to Brent Daniels YouTube, Brent Daniels Real Estate on YouTube, so you can put a face with a voice. But let's talk about this because when we first met, right, you were in a really tough spot. You were in a really tough spot. I was. I was wholesaling actually pretty successfully, mm -hmm. right, when I came on board with you. And I was breaking away from the old method of wholesaling. And I was trying to learn TTP. And I was trying to learn SMS and all that kind of stuff. And in that time frame, I also was a contractor. So mm -hmm. I had two businesses. I was a contractor 60, 70 hours a week. And I was a wholesaler 20, 30 hours a week. And I was just grinding. Mm -hmm. I unfortunately was having to take my wholesale profits and fund my construction company because I had one really big customer that wasn't paying their bills to the tune of when he filed bankruptcy on my company, he owed me a little bit, right around a million dollars. A million dollars. A million you dollars. Had put, that you, of work mm -hmm. you had already done. Bro, work I had done, what I was doing is I was making money in wholesale. I'd make $30,000, $40,000 in a month. I'd take ten grand and pay my bills or whatever. I'd take the other $30,000 and fund his projects with it with the promise that he would pay me back. Unfortunately, this relationship went on for four years and I got sucked right into his vortex in the first like 10 days. It was, we went and did a project. It was a $3,000 little repair list. He paid me $2,800. He goes, I'll get you the other $200 on the next project. And that's where it started. Yeah. That's where it started. It went on for four years till he finally filed bankruptcy on me and 48 other people at the same time. Mm. Well, that's a tough pill to swallow. I mean, just from a financial standpoint, you've got all that money outlaid. You've got all those efforts. You're expecting this money to come back. Not oh only that, gosh. but you're putting money that you're getting from your wholesale business. And you were you were in a unique position too because you had actually owned a home investors franchise. Yes, yes, 100%. I, I owned the franchise and this is where my biggest challenge was is that my first two years in the wholesale game, somebody else did all my marketing. All I had to do was go close deals. So I became very, very good at closing deals. And I would just focus on sales pitch and you know empathy and all those types of things. And I was a business owner anyway, so I knew how to sell construction and all that kind of stuff easy. Yeah. So when I decided to make the jump from that pond to a bigger pond, I thought, where do I need to learn how to wholesale? and get leads and actually go out and prospect and find more sellers was the TTP program. Yeah. That's where we originally met. Yep. And I was in the throes of all that stuff. And I was in my mind thinking, is this guy going to pay me back? Is he not? And I was funneling all this cash into his business because he told me three months before the whole thing fell apart, about the same time I met you, he said, if you just give me $300,000 more dollars, I'll get out of this hole and I'll get you paid everything plus a bonus. Of course. And I'm thinking, done. So I went, we crushed it on a wholesale for another three or four months, money, money, money into his business. And then boom, I had to start all over. Crazy. So I was in a unique situation yeah. where I had to learn in that moment how to go out and get my own leads mm -hmm. versus the two years prior, people were funneling leads to me. Right. So I was kind of starting all over in a lot of ways. And for somebody that's not familiar with Homevestors, Homevestors is the We Buy Ugly Houses, guys, right. right? It's a franchise, and you pour in money for the marketing. The calls come in kind of round robin you with other You literally people. do nothing right. other than write a check. Right. So you write a check, hypothetically 20 grand goes into marketing, some crazy number, and you get a bunch of calls coming in. Mm -hmm. And th the first month I ever started, I did $5,000 in mm -hmm. and I um, got deals and I netted 50 grand in my first month. So I've got like $60,000 in assignment fees. I netted 50 grand and I still didn't quite understand what an assignment contract was. Yeah. 
That's what's so cool about this business. You really don't know how to have to know every little thing, right? And there's a lot of people, I'm sure you get these messages all the time too. They want to see what a purchase contract looks like, an assignment contract, and all this paperwork Mm -hmm. before they've ever prospected. Right. So when people ask me and they go, hey, can I get a copy of your purchase contract? I go, yeah, when you get a motivated seller on the line, let me know and I'll give you the contract because you're overthinking it. Yeah. In my first business or my first month in business, we made all that money without me even knowing any of that crap. Right. Action, action, action. Action. Well, that, that goes back to what we were talking about last night, which is it's not education. Action gets results. I, you no. know, it's, I've never seen that equation, dude. When yeah. you put that up on the board, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so it's brilliant. Tom Kroll. It's, it's to- Tom Kroll's whole thing. The true equation is action results is your education. That is the most important thing. That's what we push so much on the podcast is let us give you the instruction of how to go out and get these deals through just listening to the podcast. Right. That's why people are just every single day sending us checks or posting checks and, and posting to the uh, Facebook group and social media all the amazing deals that they've done just from listening to podcasts because it's instruction. It's not education. Yes. And I love that. When you put that on the whiteboard last night, I was like, oh, that like hits me in my soul. That is so true. Everything I've learned, good or bad, is by simply taking action. And even the bad, I learned how to be better. Yep. Right? Whereas all these other people on the sidelines that haven't really invested in themselves, they haven't paid for the education, they haven't really gone out and done whatever, they are still gathering data, yep. gathering data, gathering data, saying, I wish I could get into the business. I'm like, meanwhile, there's thousands of people just simply taking the step-by-step actions that other people like you are teaching mm-hmm. and cashing checks. Well, it's protection, right? right. You know, it's protection from uh, rejection. It's right. protection from failure. It's protection. A lot of people come into this business, they have a full-time job, right. but they have a passion to get out of their nine-to-five. They don't want to just go paycheck to paycheck. They want big influxes of income, right. which this business is. This business is a cash machine. It truly is. It's hitting the lottery. Dude, If <laughs> as you and I were sitting there getting ready to do this show, I'm sitting there. I've got all these text messages I've missed. Got a $12,000 deal, got a $10,000 deal, got a $32,000 deal all today. So our company brought in, you might want to wake that up. Our company brought in like $60,000. That's not a typical day. You know, you might go a week where it's like, okay, it's kind of dry. But then I was like, bing, 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 bing. And you're like, wow, our company just generated $60,000 in revenue in one day. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about this because not only are you making so much money income, like actual cash income, right? but you're also building an extremely big rental portfolio. Yes. And here's why. Obvious reasons set aside. Everybody wants to have cash flow, all that stuff. But when I got that letter from the guy, I just call, I usually just call him Voldemort sure, because he's the <laughs> name that we should never say. Yeah. So when Voldemort sent the bankruptcy letter and I open it up, oh my gosh, I'm looking the next day, I look at Steve Tran, one of Steve Trang's podcasts, I see Eric Sage on there. And he's talking about creative finance and creative finance. And I'm like, if I would have spent the last five years of my life dedicating myself to building a rental portfolio through creative finance and whatever, not even five years, literally a year, I wouldn't be so stressed out as I am right now. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be so devastated. No money in the bank, going through all these tough times. I would be cash flowing and just say, to hell with it, I don't care. Yeah. File bankruptcy, I don't care. I have money coming in next month. I looked at my next 30 days and I said, I don't have any money coming in unless I physically go out and earn it. Mm-hmm. And so that that's where I put my time and energy in from the last from that moment 
in the last 18 months, I focused my time on. The last 18 months has been an explosion. How many properties have you added to your portfolio? Um, we have done a little over 120 creative financing deals, mm-hmm. but we currently own a little over 50. Okay. So we've wholesaled a good amount of those. That's what I want to talk right. to you about. That's what I think is very interesting because when you go to a house, when you go to a seller, when you go to uh, a lead and appointment, you're not just going from a standpoint of, I can only wholesale this. Right. You're going from a creative financing standpoint as well. Right. Right. Which gives you so many more tools and so many different more options to solve the seller's problem. Right. So for example, I go to an appointment just the other day. I have another wholesaler in town that goes, hey, I keep running into the same thing. I'm getting rejected. There's 15 other people talking to these sellers. I don't know what to do. And I know this guy has a foreclosure coming up in the next two weeks. Mm -hmm. And I go, well, obviously, if nobody's signed with him, that means somebody probably has not given him a creative financing option. Yep. Right? So I go to the appointment with him. I record the whole entire buy appointment, which I do in every single buy appointment. Tell the seller first, hey, I'm going to record this for educational purposes, whatever. Yeah. So I have that recording and I'm happy to share it with your students. The recording goes through and I go, who have you spoken to? What offers have they given you? Why have you not signed with somebody? And how can I help you? Why am I here? That's my opening line. And I go, look, I'm not going to do the whole offer thing. Obviously, if somebody's given you a you have an 15 offer, offers. You have 15 offers. Yeah. So obviously you haven't signed. Why not? What are you looking for that none of them provided? Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, I'm underwater. And I don't have the ability to write a check to sell you my house. Yeah. I need you to save me from foreclosure and get me out of this bad situation I'm in. So again, this whole thing's recorded. And I go, who have you spoken to? He named some names I know. Mm -hmm. So of course, I called those guys after the appointment. I go, why are you not using creative financing? You could have gotten this deal done a month ago. It is what the seller needed and actually is exactly what you need. You need some cash flow stuff. So here's what happened. I said, has anybody brought up creative financing or terms? Yep. And I told the seller the story I tell every seller about my Ford truck. I don't know if you've heard it. I apologize if you have. But I go, look, uh, his name's Anthony, the uh, seller. We, he just says, call me Ant. Yep. So, okay, Ant, I have a Ford truck, kind of old. I loved it. I had emotional ties to it. One day I decided I'm not driving it anymore, but I love it so much. I want to go sell it for 10 grand. Well, okay, well, I go on Kelly Blue Book, find out it's only worth five grand. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that sucks. So I put on Craigslist. I go, to hell with that. I'm going to see if I can sell it for 10 grand. Nobody calls. Three months later goes by. My wife goes, you know what? Why don't you just take payments on it? You probably will sell it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay. So I go on Craigslist and I go, $10,000 will take payments. 30 phone calls come flooding in. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I ended up selling that truck for $12,000 on terms, Mm -hmm. even though it was only worth $5,000. So I tell that to the seller. It's very easy to understand a vehicle and all that. kind. Of, for some reason, it's easier to understand. It is. Craig's, yep. right? Yep. So the seller goes, oh, that's great. I go, so you basically are trying to sell me your Ford truck for 12 grand right now. Mm-hmm. You're underwater. It's not worth 12 grand. So in order for me to pay you the 12 grand, I need you to give me some terms. Love it. Because here's the thing, and a couple, a couple different things, guys. If you want this recording, we can, we can attach it to, to it. the video. Right. So go to YouTube, check it out. Watch, watch obviously this interview, but get the, the, the recording. Okay. And number two is, so you've got a situation here where every deal, every deal comes down to price, terms, and you, right? Right. right. That's it. 
right? The price determines you. Now, oftentimes, what we talk about on the Wholesaling Inc. podcast on this channel is getting a deal at a discounted price. Right. Get a distressed seller that has a lot of equity. You're saying there's a lot of sellers out there that don't have enough equity to make it make sense to give right. them a cash offer. Right. So you got to go terms. 100%. So how'd you do it? So what I did is I said, how far behind are you? Where are you at? Um, he tells me how much he's behind. I can't remember off the top of my head. I'll throw out some numbers. I think he was like $12,000 behind. Yeah. And immediately this starts sounding really daunting for your audience of like, I don't have 12 grand. Guys, you don't need 12 grand. Just listen to the end. This is yeah. how it works. So we get him. He goes, okay, if you catch up 12 grand and you help me move to another house, the house is yours. You take over the payments. Obviously, I, I explained it. In the audio recording, it's a 51-minute buy appointment. Mm-hmm. I break down the top five questions that the sellers are always going to ask. So Ant asked me question one, two, and three, like okay. right out of the gate, but he forgot questions two or four and five. What are they? So I go, hey, Ant, well, if you want me to go into it, yeah. I'd be happy to go into yes. it. So number one is, is this legal? Yes. I've never heard of this before. Yeah. Why are other people doing it? And the reality is thousands of people are doing it, but they're trying to keep it a secret. I, sure. I don't know why, Yeah. but thousands of people are doing it. It's very legal. You can call my title company. I always will call my title company if they, they have any trepidation. Hey, Blah, 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 I walk him through. Yeah. Question number two, what happens if I give you my house, Brent, and I sell it to you for 175 and then next year the house is only worth 125 Are you going to walk away and leave the mortgage in place? And the answer to that question, do you want me to go on the answers? Yes. The answer to that question is, I'm not buying your house based on value. Mm-hmm. If I was buying your house based on value, I would have offered you ninety grand like the other guys did. Right. I'm offering you the price that you're asking because you're giving me the terms that I'm asking. I'm not buying on value. I'm buying on cash flow. Love it. If I can take your mortgage yep. at 1500 mm-hmm. and I can turn around and rent that house out for $2,300 and have a spread of $800, that is why I buy your house. Yep. So in a bad market and the downturn goes down, what happens to rents? They actually yeah. go up. Yeah. Because less people There's are buying people. houses. Yep. Right. So- Look back in Maricopa County where we live, the market goes down, values are down 50 whatever percent, rental rate actually goes up. Mm -hmm. So when they say, what happens in a bad market? I go, I make more money. Yeah, I'm only incentivized more to keep your property than I was before. Mm -hmm. So third question is, what happens if for some reason you get hit by a a rhetorical bus Mm -hmm. and you no longer exist and that payment doesn't get made? What happens? What I tell that seller is I do a performance deed. This is a little bit of a thing that nobody on your podcast has heard of. I do a performance deed that says if I don't make a payment within 31 days of the day is due, the house automatically goes back in their name. They don't have to foreclose on me. They don't have to fight me. They don't have to call me. They automatically get the house back by utilizing a performance deed. And the sellers are like, wait, what? That's amazing. Okay. Question number four typically is, well, what are you going to do with the house? Yeah. And I tell them, I'm either going to rent it, I'm yep. going to turn it into a group home, I'm going to turn it into an Airbnb, or sometimes I will, I do a lot of what I have kind of coined this term called a sub, people call a hotel, yeah. where you take a wholesale house and you just put it back on the market after you clean it. Yep. I call it a subtail. So I buy a house subject to, and I clean it up and throw it on the market and it wipes them out. Easy. Make a quick $15,000, $20,000 without doing anything. Yeah. Right? So... I tell them my exit strategy. And then number five, number five is they say, how long is the mortgage going to stay in my name? Mm -hmm. And my answer is always, 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 always until the end of the term. Mm -hmm. And they go, really? I bought my house two years ago. You're going to keep the mortgage in my name for 28 years? 
You can hear it on the recording. That's exactly what I tell him. He goes, yeah, it makes sense. I guess there's really no issue why I would keep the, why I would care the mortgage is in my name because we know how to get them qualified for a second mortgage. It doesn't matter if the mortgage is in their name. We know how to take the, the, the thing off their DTI. So I tell them my goal is to have it um, lease optioned out, mm-hmm. give my buyer five years to refinance me out. Mm-hmm. And if they, do, if they do, then it's five years. If they don't, I'm going to go another five years. But you as the seller need to plan on having it indefinitely. And every house- And I, they're fine with that. 100%. Because you have disclosure and you have an honest conversation. There's yep. no pulling the wool over anybody's eyes. Yeah. So great recording. You'll hear this guy go, yeah, all right, cool. Yeah. So in the beginning of the question, he goes, yeah, when are you going to get the house out of my name? And I go, never. <laughs> okay. Got it. The Tell mortgage. me more. The mortgage. Yeah. The mortgage. The mortgage. The yeah. The yeah. mortgage. So this is what we do. So he, uh, he owed um, $12,000 he owed. He wanted $5,000 in his pocket so he could move and get situated. So $17,000. Mm-hmm. So what am I doing with the house? How am I making money there? Assume I don't have 17 grand. Okay. How do I make money on that deal? Well, I think there's a couple options for you. One, you raise the funds from a private investor. Boom. Or two, you wholesale that property. You wholesale the subject to, to somebody that has the funds and wants to add it to their rental portfolio. Or three you find a family who might have some bad credit and you wholesale it to them. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people will say, well, that's a wrap. I try and stay away from wraps because I don't want to be the bank in the middle of somebody and somebody. If I'm going to be the bank, I want to own the property. Got it. So I will assign it to a family and that's what we did. We found a family that had, um, I believe he had $32,000 down, but he has horrible credit. Filed bankruptcy two years ago. And so we found that guy, he's coming with $32,000, wiping the 17 grand out, and we're netting close to $15,000 on that deal. On a deal that nobody else could do. Nobody else could do. And in fact, one of the guys in our local network had gone in that, that appointment. I called him afterwards and I said, dude, you've been to my meetups. You've heard my podcast. Why are you not implementing this strategy? He goes, I don't know, man. I guess I was just stuck in wholesale, 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 wholesale. I'm like, you're missing deals. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. And I actually asked him, I said, what were you planning on making with this deal? And he goes, well, he really didn't have a lot of skin on the, in the game, so I was going to hotel it and make ten. Mm-hmm. I'm like, bro, I paid forty grand more than you, and I'm making fifteen. Mm-hmm. Terms, 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 terms. Just like you said, price, yep. terms, and you. Yep. So price wasn't great, but terms are phenomenal, dude. <laughs> so good. It was so good, and it's it's really refreshing to be able to go into an appointment that no, like you feel like you're a ninja, dude. Yeah. You feel like you dressed up in the stealth thing. And you're giving somebody an offer they've never seen before. Yep. Whereas in wholesale, yes, very successful in wholesale. We figured out how to really navigate that world and scale our business. Mm-hmm. But in really challenging situations where the seller doesn't have a lot of equity, you don't want to walk out of there deflated saying, I don't have that tool in my tool belt yep. to get this job done. Yep. I go out and I pull out all the tools and I throw them on the table. Which one do you want? Yeah. Ninja status. Incredible. It's fun. So let me throw a scenario at you, and maybe you've already dealt with it. I, I think that this is something that maybe the audience would would appreciate you breaking down. But let's say that they own the property free and clear. Seller, yeah. Se- they just no longer called subject to. It's now called seller finance. Right. Right. Okay. So so it's they they own it free and clear, but they want more than a wholesale price. Guess what? Yeah. I'm doing a deal right now with a TTP alumni, Katie Fisher. Love it. Okay, so yep. Katie calls me up. She says, hey, I've got this lady. It's actually on my board in the other office. Yeah. I wrote the whole thing down as she was telling me this whole story. So the seller, her name is Susan. She has 40 houses. 
She's getting close to her twilight years and she's like, I'm going to start shelling these out. Yep. Right. But I want full price for them. Mm-hmm. And she owes them all free and clear. Yeah. So Katie's <laughs> like, I watch your podcast. I've seen you on with Brent. I've seen you on with Steve Trang. I really need to know how to do this. I go, no problem. So I get on the phone with her. I break it all down. I go, this is how you pitch it to the seller. Seller wants 200 grand for a house that's worth right now as is 165. Mm-hmm. ARV is like 220. Sure. But she's like, I want to 200 grand. Yep. So I go, Katie, no problem. Tell the seller that you'll pay 200 grand as long as she carries that note for 30 years at 0% interest. And the seller goes, there's no way I'm giving you 0% interest. So Katie calls me up. She goes, what do I do? What do I do? I go, just tack on $20,000 and then see if she'll do 20% or 0% interest. And she goes, she said, that's a, that's fine. That's great. So she goes 220. Yep. With a 30-year mortgage. Right. 0% interest. 0% interest. So every payment that's getting made to that seller is paying down the mortgage 100% right. every single month. Paying down the principal. So this is how that pitch goes. So let's say a seller goes, okay, well, I'm not going to give you a house with 0% interest. Well, Brent, you know, I'm not great at interest and most people really aren't either. I don't want to like screw around with the interest thing. Why don't I just pay you an extra 20 grand, build the interest in, and then we just do a straight deal where it's 0% interest and doesn't confuse anybody. Mm-hmm. And the seller's like, yeah, that makes sense. But the reality is, if you charge me 3% interest over a 30-year period, mm-hmm. you're going to take a $100,000 house and I'm going to be paying $190,000 or yep. $200,000 for that house. Yep. So a $220,000 purchase price at 0% interest is way better than a 160 house at 3% interest. Love it. So unbelievable deal. So of course, what does Katie do? Katie goes, I want to own my first subject to deal. The lady wants 5% down. So that's 10 grand. And I go, great, I'll buy the deal. And she goes, I don't want to sell the house to you. I know, I, I know that I could make some money and wholesale it to you and make it, you know, 10 grand. I want to be your partner. So yeah. actually what I did with Katie is Katie's, Katie and I are partnering together and her and I are going to split the deal. Love it. So she didn't have to come out of pocket. She yeah. got a deal done with a, with a seller. And now what's really cool about that seller is she has another 39 properties that Katie has access to. Mm-hmm. So now because you're solving the seller's problem, you're the one they staying in the game. Back. Keep coming back. And they want that super price. They want to tell all their friends right. and all their family, I sold it at for max 220. Price. Yes. At what the fix-up value is, and they still have to fix it up themselves. Now, so if you saw the photos, it's rent-ready. That's yeah. the thing. It's like right now, it's right. rent-ready. Somebody can move in. No repairs need to be done. Yeah. She had a tenant in there, so it just needs to be cleaned up. has no carpet. Just clean it out, and it, a, a renter goes in there. So for us, we close escrow, 0% finance. Dude, are you kidding me? The cash flow on that deal, so our payment, I can't remember the payments, about $1,000 a month, I believe. The rent rate is like $1,550. Mm-hmm. So we're making $550 a month on cash flow, but the $1,000 a month on the mortgage is paying down our debt 100%. Right. Whereas if you and I went down to Bank of America and got a bank. You're paying principal for dude, 15 years. 85, 90% yeah. of that money that we pay on a monthly basis is freaking interest. Yeah. Like that deal, we just took a deal and we're making basically 1500 We got a free house plus 550 in cash flow for And that's forever. your thing. I mean, we've done, I, this isn't the, fr- the, the no. first free house that you've gotten. no. I, actually, my favorite house that I'm I'm like super excited about is a deal you guys had, yep. and I'm buying it from you guys. Yep. It's a deal that the we had to take them through probate. The sisters are selling the house of the, of the mom. The reason I'm really excited about that one is I'm using this house. I bought subject to $400 a month. It's in the same exact neighborhood of another seller. 
I'm basically trading them this house for this house, mm -hmm. and I'm seller financing them this house. This is kind of gets a little tricky. Yeah. I'm making $800 a month on this house. Meanwhile, I took their old house and I wholesaled it and made 40. Love it. But the only reason they sold their house to me at the price they did is because I promised them I would find a house and seller finance it to them. Yeah. So it's like I'm using this as bait to get them, not even bait, massive value. Mm -hmm. These ladies haven't, there's two sisters, they haven't had jobs in 20 years. They're living on disability. Yeah. So I'm helping them get into this house, solving a major problem, making major money here, and making $40,000 as a cherry on the top. Nobody else could have gotten that done deal done because you're, this is all I want to do, man. So <laughs> fun. That's all you do. It's so fun. Well, you're a psycho. I mean, you wake up at 3.30 a.m., you go till 10 o'clock. I mean, you are like grinding and you're going on all these appointments and you've got a whole team behind you. Let's talk about that. How are you finding deals? How do you source deals? So I have four main ways of finding deals. Number one, we have five cold callers. Yep. Okay, those cold callers. TTP. TTP. Those cold callers generate two leads per day each. So about 10 leads per day come from my cold callers. Okay. We convert at a ratio of one contract out of 30 leads. Got it. So 30 leads come into our podio. Yep. We follow up and out of 30 leads, we get one contract. Love it. Okay. Our average contract's about between, depending on the time of year, it's between twelve and eighteen thousand dollars. Okay. So like Christmas time, it's a little bit lower. There's a little bit, you know, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Great money. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Number two is SMS. So we have one guy in text, Colombia. Text messaging. Sorry, guys. Text messaging. Um, we have one guy in Colombia. His mm -hmm. name is Andres. We pay him $800 a month, and he manages our texting all the time. I don't know exactly how do you find him. Because this is a question that comes up a lot is, mm -hmm. I want to do texting, but I, I, I don't have all day to do it. I can't be responding all day. Here's what's really cool. So I, got, I started getting this question all the time. So here's what I did. I actually, we've gotten really good at finding VAs. Mm -hmm. So I found a VA. Her name is Christine. And I only told her, I go, I want you to be the VA source for all my friends. Yeah. So I tell all my friends, hey, if you need a VA, call Christine and pay her, Venmo her 50 bucks. Yeah. She'll go find you a specific VA of whatever you want. Incredible. And so people are like, what's Christine's number? What's Chris? Yeah. So Christine doesn't work for me. I just found her and trained her on how to get VAs. And now when I need a VA, I utilize her. Yep. Is um, that a source you could share? Or yeah, I'd be happy be to. overwhelmed? Uh, she'd probably be overwhelmed, but she'd be honest. She'd say, give me a couple weeks, I'll get to you, yeah. type of thing. She's How do like, people get a hold of her? iCloud Messenger. Yeah. Okay. I iCloud Messenger, um, text her through my laptop every single morning. Hey, what's going on? How can But what I mean is people listening and watching. No, I'll give, I'll give them her contact information. I'll give you her contact information. Okay. You can give it to them however you want. She'll get overwhelmed. And she'll just be, I'll let her know, hey, be very aware that you're going to get a cavalcade of people. Look in the show notes on the podcast and uh, she's look the, at VA, the link on the video. She's the VA that will find you other VAs. Got okay? it. Yep. But Andres actually came from Craigslist in America. We said, hey, we need a text platform. We need a guy to manage our texting. Andres from Colombia answered that ad and mm. goes, I'll do it for $600 a month. Yep. So we pay him $600 plus $50 a week in bonus if he hits his numbers. Got it. So he makes $800 a month, and then same thing there, is we get 30 leads that come in, and one of them turns into a contract. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. SMS is awesome, or texting is awesome because it's a lot faster. Cold calling is a little bit of a slower burn where you've got to cultivate and work these relationships a little bit Lead longer. Lead follow-up. Right. SMS yeah. is like, I'm ready to go right now. It's, right. it's crazy. And then we do a lot of door knocking. Mm -hmm. A lot of door knocking. Mm -hmm. I would say that half of my contracts right now are coming from door knocks. Are you guys listening to this? Yeah. Half from door knocking. Everybody's sleeping on door knocking. So they don't have to know any script. They don't have to. Literally, here's the script. Hi, my name is Pace. 
I don't know a lot about real estate. However, I know that your house is in a little bit of a situation. Can I have the company I just started working for come and meet with you and tell you the options you have? And this is, I, you're going at two specific properties. Only pre-foreclosure. Only pre-foreclosure. There's so many. Yeah. There's really so many. Even in an amazingly good market, yep. there's 1,800 door knocks. There's 1,800 yeah. houses to knock. We can't touch them all. Right. There's too many doors. Yep. So when people are like, oh, it's oversaturated. Dude, it's like not even it's not even being touched. Yep. There's certain parts of the valley. So if I have a door knocker in, in the so east say, side. So say what they say again. I say, hi, my name, is, my name is Pace. I'm brand new to real estate. I don't know really anything. Can I have the company I work for come and meet with you and tell I you? I know there's this? a little situation. I know there's a situation with the house. Yeah. So they don't bring up foreclosure. They don't hear yep. It's just, I, hey, I know there's a situation with the house. And they don't come across as, hey, I know more than you. Right. And I'm here to like, you know. Even my people have deal. been knocking the door for a while. Yeah. They know not to act like they know what they're talking about. Right. Because it's very, it, it, like you're throwing people's guard up. It causes friction. Right. So yeah. when you get a little bit better, um, like a week or two weeks in, where I can actually, like I can literally hire somebody today, they can go knock doors without knowing how to do anything. Right. And that's why we keep that script that way. Yeah. Then after a week or two, we then start telling them the script that we talked to you about yeah. on the YouTube thing, or you and I talked about for pre-foreclosure mastery mm-hmm. of here's the eight things, yeah. right? Yeah. But day one, they start, they're afraid to talk. Oh my gosh, am I going to say the eight things right? You know what? Take all that away. Just tell them you're here, you know there's a situation, and can I have somebody that's more knowledgeable come and meet with you? Got it. That's it. Yep. So they set appointments, and then I have a guy that goes in and closes those contracts. I don't do it anymore. I have somebody running that whole team. It's amazing. And guys, if you're looking for uh, a list in your market of pre-foreclosures, there's a couple options for you. We use ttpdata.com through PropStream. That'll give you the pre-foreclosures. I know that you're using uh, maybe Property Radar or some of the the county gives us Come on, bro. I use ttpdata.com. There you go. Yeah, so we actually, we're developing um, some door knocking stuff, uh, basically some software that will come out in the next couple of months that everybody can use nationwide Mm -hmm. um, that is based on how we run our team. Yep. And we're currently in testing stage of that. But anyway, whatever. Very, very cool. So I'd say um, we'll go sometimes a week without a contract, but then we'll get like four contracts in one day from door knocking. It really comes down to one thing with door knocking. One, actually, two things. Consistency mm-hmm. and timing. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. That's it. Consistency yeah. and timing. You can have. You can know nothing how do you, about it. How real- do people be consistent with it? I mean, how do you have the mindset every single day that you're, that you're excited to knock on a stranger's door? So this I, mean, is, I think that's the biggest... When I was knocking doors... Yeah it can get very tedious because you don't see the fruits of your labor right away, right? Right. So there's things like mowing your lawn. You get immediate satisfaction. You feel that feeling of like, damn, I mowed that lawn. Yeah. But when you're doing door knocking, you can knock 15 doors without any fruits Mm -hmm. and not even talking to anybody. Mm -hmm. So the way we do it is we um, will tell people, hey, listen to your favorite book. Do something fun between the houses. Yeah. You know, listen to music, whatever. But typically it's like listening to podcasts for me when I was knocking doors. I'd listen to a podcast I was really interested in. It doesn't mm-hmm. even have to be real estate. Yeah. It can be a, a, like a thriller novel to keep you engaged. Sure. And now you're excited to be in your car and listen to what's going on in the book. Yeah. So the other day we had a girl um, brand new to door knocking. Mm-hmm. First time out, literally goes to her for- first door. Nobody's home. Mm-hmm. What does she do? She leaves her first note, because that's what she's trained to do, yeah. on the car, yeah. on the driver door window. Yeah. Hey, uh, local investor, blah, 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 whatever. And that note is important. We can do a whole show on that. Yeah. 
gets a call two hours later when the wife comes home. The husband actually was home, but she, the, he was downstairs not answering or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Wife comes home. She goes, what's that note on my, my husband's thing? Oh, Grabs oh. the thing, calls uh, Veronica, who's knocking the door, and goes, yeah. when can you come meet with us? Awesome. I went the next day with Veronica. We got the house done. Incredible. First house you ever how many How many deals did you do last year between subject to creative financing and wholesaling? Probably, I don't know the exact number, but probably between 230 and 250. Ooh. Yeah. 230 to 250 deals, guys. Listen, you obviously know that he knows what he's what he's talking about. He's willing to share uh, an actual appointment audio. Yeah. And first of all, tell everybody your Instagram because, Pace guys, Marty. if you are not following Pace's Instagram, you are silly. It is bananas. It is absolutely bananas Dude, how I, incredible I, it is. I'll typically post my Pace stories. Pace Morby. Pace Morby. I'll post stories throughout the day of every appointment I go to. I'll get sellers to agree to let me record. And I just flat out tell them, I go, look, I'm a business owner. Mm-hmm. I've got employees that I'm trying mm-hmm. to train. Mm-hmm. It's really good for them to understand how to take care of the clients. Yep. And I would love to record this conversation. Is that okay with you? You also have a YouTube channel. I do have a YouTube channel. It's just kind of started. Yep. The main purpose of the YouTube channel is I wanted to show people real deals that we're buying. Yep. Not some like fictitious idea of whatever. I'm like, so we do some whiteboard stuff. That's cool. Yeah. But we actually show up at the property and the name of the show is called The Real Deal. Right. So we go, here's how we we prospected. Here's mm-hmm. how we talked to people. Yeah. Here's how we solved their problem. Yeah. Here's how we acquired the property. Here's what it cost us or didn't cost us if we got a free house. Yeah. And this is how I'm exiting that property in terms of a lease option or a flip or whatever. So The Real Deal, we do an episode every single week. Love it. So this question... I asked Jesse Burrell, mm-hmm. and people loved it. And I kept getting comments in on the YouTube channel. Nice. I give you five hundred bucks. Oh yeah. I drop you in the middle of nowhere, uh-huh. middle of Idaho, yeah. right? Let's just Boise, right. right? Drop you in Boise. How do you get your first deal? What do you do? Like step. Give us the step by step. I'll tell you exactly what I would do. Yeah. I, this is a great question. I get, I've actually had this question multiple times and I've refined the question to exactly what I would do. So Love it. I would take the $500. Yep. I would immediately go into a gas station and get an orange monster sugar-free. Okay. And I'd have $498 left and I'd put that in my pocket and I'd, I'd start walking down the street and I'd find my first title company. Yeah. And I'd say, give me the pre-foreclosures in this area. Yeah. And I would immediately start walking and knocking on those specific doors. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's, That's it. all I would do. And I would make it. This is what we do with our door knockers. We only, out of those 1,800 doors, we only give them 100 doors to stay on top of. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You knock those doors. You knock those yeah. doors. You knock those doors. And as those doors get purchased or they get reinstated or whatever happens, yeah. we just give them four, ho- four houses fall off the list. We put four new ones on there. Love it. They stay in the same geographical area, mm-hmm. so they know like, oh, I live a mile away from this. I'm going to go, this is my route. Every single day, I'm going to route, <laughs> right? Yeah. So in a day, if you're walking, you can typically n- knock about 15 to 20 doors if you're walking. Right. If you're driving, you can knock about 40 to 45. Yeah. And our metric is that you can get a deal from door knocking one out of 100 doors you knock. Love it. I, wouldn't, I don't even need a dollar. Yeah. I literally don't. I just need some energy drink. Maybe a little bit of Uber money in a hotel, and in three days, I'm getting my first deal. Yeah. Guaranteed. And I might like you might get a deal in your first 10 houses. You don't know. Yeah. But if you go knock 100 doors, which you can do on foot, mm-hmm. actually, you know what I would do? Yeah. I'd go to a pawn shop. I'd buy a $100 bike. Yeah. And then I would bike that. And <laughs> I'd, buy, I'd bicycle for dollars. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. And that's it. I wouldn't spend any money on leads. Incredible. I'd get my first deal. Yeah. And I'd probably wholesale that out. And I'd add, let's say I'm literally, like, you put me in Idaho. Yeah. And I only have $500. I don't even have a cell phone. Yeah. 
that's what I would do. I would say, I have no contact with the outside world. I'd get my first contract done. And I would go to the back to the title company and go, who, what wholesalers are you doing business with? I have a contract. I would like to wholesale them. Love it. I would call that wholesaler and say, I'm broke. I just showed up in BFE, Idaho. Yeah. I need five grand of my $10,000 deposit, my assignment right now so I can go live and start and get a hotel and, and work my way up. I could literally become a millionaire in wholesale in BFE, Idaho mm-hmm. by just knocking doors. That's it. That's it. That's it. I love it. And guys, this is all true. I get to see this on a daily basis because Pace is my next door neighbor here in the office. You get to meet my whole team. You see, like yeah. Matt, my door yeah. knocking manager, yeah. was here at our meetup last night. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So um, before we get out, talk about your your Sunday service. Oh, bro. Thank you. Yeah. So a year ago, I started getting so many questions in my DMs like, oh my gosh, I see you on appointments. Hey, and I started doing this thing called ride-alongs mm-hmm. where I just said, man, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of sick of all the questions. Why don't you just come out with me? I'll show you exactly what it's like. Yeah. And I'll work 14 hours a day every single day. And I love taking people with me because as you can tell, I love to talk. Mm-hmm. So talk to people, which yep. is why I love this whole program. So I started taking people out and I just felt like I was giving too much energy to just one person. So we started something called Sunday service. So every Sunday, Sunday night, 7 p.m., Arizona time, which is Mountain Standard time, we do a one-hour call where we just fix other wholesalers' problems. Mm-hmm. We do 30 minutes talking about my business, what we did in our in our business, how it worked, how, what deals we got during the week, what problems we're solving, 30 minutes, me and my partner. And then the last 30 minutes, we started doing Q&A. Yeah. About six months ago, we got so many viewers that it's now turned into a two-and-a-half-hour show, and we yeah. just have people live calling in. Facebook. Facebook Live. How do they? How do people that are interested join on? This? Go to Facebook forward slash Pace Morby and join the group. Love it. We get probably five hundred people that watch it live now. It's. Do they have to be friends with you? No, no. They okay. just join the group and you get added on there, and, and then we, everybody shares it and it gets put on like four or five different platforms, and then Love we it. just do live calls. We're just fixing people's business. Love it, dude. It's the best. So it, it, it's incredible. Not only that, I think you had like 400 comments the last time. Yeah, last, the <laughs> last time we had 499 yeah. live comments. Yep. And then, you know, it, it stays on Facebook. Sure. And then after a week of it, we had like 1,200 so comments. So what, what he's saying is he's engaging. You're the best. I love you. Dude, I You're love the you best. Too. Thank you. This is incredible. Thank you for being on the podcast. So much value. Guys, there's, there's more ways that you can do deals if you understand how to do terms. Now, Follow Pace on his Instagram. Follow him on his YouTube. Check it out. At some point, he's going to get into coaching, I'm sure. Uh, So definitely look out for that because that's going to be absolutely bananas. But get more tools in your toolbox. And if you're ready to join the most proactive group in real estate investing, like Pace. I'm a TTP alumni, guys. Booyah! TTP family member. It is uh, wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. That's wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. Scroll down, check out all the testimonials, check out what the program's about. If it feels good in your gut, sign up for a call. I look forward to working with you personally. You're the best. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Love you guys. Till next time, I encourage you to talk to people. See ya. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.